Well, good morning, Willow Creek Church. Man, it's great to be with you. Welcome to those of you watching our cafe and watching online. Glad you're with us. And uh, we are in celebration of hope. And first, before we dive in, I just got to commend you. Last week, you heard about the idea of we're going to go. We want to go do something. We want to go serve. Many of you signed up to pack seeds. Many of you brought friends. And I just want to tell you thank you. Thank you for helping to feed those who need it. And uh, thanks for praying that these seeds get in the hands of those who need it most. Thanks to many of you uh, did other things as well, just on your own or signing up. We're just so glad. We want to be a church that doesn't just learn about things, but we actually want to put it to practice. And so very proud of you. Uh, Next week, uh, next week will be the final week of Celebration of Hope, and it's Give. And I just want to speak to you about this for a moment. Uh, The stakes are just a little bit higher next week, and maybe a lot higher. Uh, Next week, we'll take two offerings. It's the only service of the year we'll do this. The first offering is just like the one we just received, which goes towards the ministries of our church. At the end of the service, we'll receive a second one, and that one will go towards uh, the significant needs that we're learning about in order to help alleviate poverty, in order to help lift up communities. And I'd love for you to be praying this week about what would you be called to give? What would God have you do? Our family's doing this. We have uh, an amount in mind, but we're gonna pray still this week. Uh, and you may just need to kind of, uh, to get ideas, walk the lobby and just see the different uh, countries that we minister in, their needs, different opportunities. But I hope you'll be praying and be praying that our church would really respond. This is one of those where uh, you'll hear about in a moment, uh, this offering has significant impact, and it matters. And so I hope you'll be prepared next Sunday uh, to be part of that. But today we're talking about grow. And the idea of this one is, when we do COH, we want to grow our minds to understand what are the needs in the globe? What are the needs that we're seeing? What are the opportunities as well? We want to be able to think and and really expand our thoughts. But more than that, we want to expand our hearts so that our hearts will be aligned with God's heart. And you know, many times people ask us, why as Christians, why do we read the Bible? One of the key aspects of this is, that once you become a Christian, the idea is that your life, your mind, and your heart could be aligned with God's heart. And that uh, the Bible describes that many times our hearts and minds can become distracted, can be focused on things that really don't align with God. And you open up the pages of the Bible and you read, and many times you'll have this moment where a passage you've read before just stands out to you in a fresh new way, and you realize this is one of those things where my heart is not currently aligned with God's, but I want it to be. We do Celebration Hope annually, to make sure our church's heart is aligned with God's heart when it comes to issues of compassion, poverty, injustice. And uh, I wanna just uh, really give you a chance to see this, but one passage I love that I wanted to read today is out of the Psalms, one of the last Psalms. And it gives you a description of God's heart on these issues. It says this, it's talking about God. It says, he upholds the cause of the oppressed. God cares deeply for those who are oppressed. He says he upholds their cause. He gives food to the hungry. God's very concerned about people who don't have enough to eat. God sets prisoners free, gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner, and the Lord sustains the fatherless and the widow. Beautiful picture of God's heart, isn't it? That God's looking across the world at those who are bowed down, who are oppressed, who are hurting, who are imprisoned, who are blind who are fatherless or orphaned, who are widows, people who are vulnerable, people who are neglected, people who are overlooked. The Bible describes that God's heart is for them, and thus as Christians, our heart is to be for them too, right? Yes? Yeah, well, you get that, yeah. Our heart is to be aligned, but many times in our lives, our hearts can just get distracted, can become self-focused, focused on ourselves, 
focused on other things, which is why some of the times you and I, we just need a heart recalibration, which is the core of this series, and it's the core of the grow. My hope is today, your heart will grow like mine for what God longs for in our world when it comes to injustice and compassion. Now, one other thing, many of you are new to the church. Uh, you need to understand, I uh, just wanna tell you a little bit of our strategy. Uh, God has blessed our church, and God, many years ago, gave our church a global vision, not just to care for those in need in our city or in our country, but bigger than that in our world. And as this has expanded, uh, we've really grown in our understanding what role we play, how best to play it. And if I was gonna describe our ministry and our partnership strategy, here's what it looks like. What we love to do right at the center of it is finding church partners, leaders, pastors, groups of Christians who are in a community that has significant need, and they have already begun to do the work to try to alleviate poverty. You'll see, many times we do emergency relief when there's a critical, uh, really uh, life-critical need, but we love to move out of emergency need into long-term sustainability. So we start with water. Do they have access to clean water? If not, we're gonna dig wells. We're gonna put in water filtration systems. Clean water is critical. Next is food, and not just enough to eat, but do they have the right nutrition so that they can grow and be healthy? We then move down to housing. Do they have safe housing? How can we help to ensure that people are safe and have what they need in housing? Healthcare, again, you wanna have healthcare that can give long-term life and health. Education. And this is where we want kids to have opportunities, all the opportunities, all the potential. Many times you go, the long-term plan, if you can educate children, you're gonna really lift the whole community. Finally, job creation. You just go, do they have the potential for jobs or not? You can do all these things, you can't get a job, well, how's this gonna work? So what we do is we're looking for partners who are already doing all of this, and we just simply say humbly, how can we help? What can we do? Some of the times at our church, it's how do we connect you to other people who can give you ideas and thoughts? Some of the times, how do we financially get behind you? Or how do we send gifts to you that can help further your vision for this community? The core of it too, as we look at that, we want the church to get all the credit and God to get all the credit. We don't need Willow Creek to get the credit, do we? What we want is God to get the credit, because when you're impoverished, when you're hungry, when you don't have clean water, Many times you lift up a prayer to heaven and if that's not answered, maybe there's no God here. We want God to get all the credit first, that there's a loving God who's written about it in the Bible and speaks to our hearts that he cares about your need. But then two, we wanna have a trusted source on the ground that that's that church or that Christian group, that leader, to say when you're in need, you can trust these people. And I'll tell you, we have amazing partners. Now that word, I wanna to talk to you one more moment on this. The word partner is a critical word, and we've chosen it intentionally because this is a partnership. It goes two ways. They bless us, they teach us, we learn from them, we pray for each other, we're in this together. Uh, this is one where we humbly come alongside and just go, we believe in what you're doing, we wanna help you out. And today we've got a gift. Uh, we decided uh, one of the best things we would love for each of you is if you had a chance to get to know some of our partners. I've had the chance to travel around the globe, meet many of them. They've taught me so many things and inspired me. We wanted you to have that chance. But we didn't have the money to move you all there, fly you all there, so we decided, could we bring a few pastors here? So I would love it if you would give a huge round of applause for four of our ministry partners. Come on up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna introduce to you uh, some fantastic leaders and great friends to our church. And uh, this is Pastor Miguel from Costa Rica. Uh, this is Pastor Cabway 
from Zambia in Africa. This is Pastor Kalia Miranda from the Jordan, and uh, all of them doing great ministry. And the time we've got together, what I want to do is give you a chance to get to know them and hear just a few stories of what God's doing in them. And so, Pastor Miguel, I'd love to start with you. Uh, would you tell us just a little bit uh, okay. what, what God is doing in Costa Rica and what God's doing through your ministry? Buenos días, Iglesia. ¿Cómo están? Oh, muy bien. <laughs> okay, I was worried about my English, but you and me speak the best language, the love, uh, language of the love. Um, I'm so excited to stay here tomorrow, uh, this morning for, I represent thousand people around Central America. Uh, you, you, these people see your love, your passion. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, God called me 10 years ago for working at Ajuelita in San Jose. Uh, we work in the church with uh, poor children, uh, women in prostitution, in homeless around the city. Uh, it's a very, very good job, but thank you for your support, for your prayers, and for your compassion for these people too. Yeah. Tell me again, your ministry is focused on... Yeah. Uh, you, you really felt God's call to respond to the homeless and to kids at risk. Tell us a little bit more about what their life is like and how you're trying to respond to that in the name of Christ. We work in the neighborhoods. The name is Barrios in Spanish. Uh, we travel every week to the barrios and feeding the kids. Uh, every weekend, may, maybe 40 kids come uh, to the church they, they are uh, sons of the, or daughters from the women's in prostitutions. Uh, we have a container in the church. Uh, we make a kitchen there. If these kids come there, if we prepare the food for them, if feeding these kids. In the last three years, we bring 20, 21,000 plates of food for the people there. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, uh, we uh, financially get behind our partners, but also some of the times they have tangible needs that we, we call them gifts in kind. And many of you volunteer with those ministries. Uh, we actually are getting ready to donate our one millionth pound of gifts that we'll be shipping in containers, which is quite, uh, quite an accomplishment that you guys have done. Yeah. And, you know, in these are going to be medical supplies, uh, school supplies, things like this. Uh, seeds are in these. The interesting thing is Miguel wanted a container, but he wanted it for a different purpose. And you built basically a food pantry, right? I think we've got an image of that. Yeah, isn't that cool? And so most of them don't look that nice. You fixed it up and did a great job. And uh, just tell us a little bit about what that does for your community. This is a crazy idea. One day I was in my office. I said, okay, God. I need a space for prepare the food for the kids. And it's a container, it's a good idea. I talked with Felix, he, uh, Kyle. He says, a container? Yes, okay, it's come. Uh, we building, we celebrate this container there with a service only for kids. We send buses for the neighborhoods. The kids come, it come 150 kids. Uh, was crazy, I cry a lot for I, see, I, I saw the kids in the worship. The good thing is 50 kids receive Jesus like Savior. Uh, these people receive uh, food for all the, all the day. If some of these kids have only one meal a day, 
this this from for this container. Yeah. Again, the keywords partnership. And so Miguel brought the idea. I have an idea. He brought it to our staff to say, what do you think of this idea? The staff said, sounds great. I think we can make that happen. And then you get to see the results. And that's the, the partnership. It's a conversation. Those who are on the ground, who are right there, they're the ones who have the ideas. And we say, you know, what do we feel like is our role to kind of help out, which is just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Cobway. Uh, yes. So uh, you've been one of our longest partners. We've been partnering for over a decade. And your vision is one reaching the needs right there in Zambia, but in a different model, really looking at how to build a network of churches and empowering leaders. Tell us a little bit about what God's done over these years. Good. Uh, first, let me say good morning. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm from Zambia. Um, Zambia is one of the countries, I think, few countries in Africa where... Uh, the president, I think it should be 1991, he declared Zambia to be a Christian nation. Now, definitely declarations do not change things. It's the action to start living like Christians. So way back, I think 20 years ago, I um, became a pastor. And along the way, I think some 15 or 12 years or so, I connected to one of the partners of um, Willow Creek called Jubilee Center. And then we started thinking on how best we can help the church leaders to think beyond just preaching the gospel, but to have a holistic ministry. So with a friend who is now led, Pastor Lawrence Temfoy, we started to strategize how best we can teach the pastors, the church leaders, the churches to go beyond just having the gospel preached in word. How do we have the gospel also preached through deeds? So we started training pastors in what we used to call integral mission, which would lead people uh, to have a holistic perspective with regard to ministry. And so we spend a lot of time, I think about four years or so, some from Willow Creek here came over. Uh, they worked part of the, the curriculum and they came and taught. We taught also from within Zambia. Uh, and before long, we started seeing churches transforming. Souls being saved, church leaders becoming uh, more in terms of their vision than just thinking about their local churches, but to think of their communities as well. And we started seeing communities being transformed through the ministry and the presence of the local church. Those are some of the things that have been happening in Zambia. Yeah. Now, uh, you also, uh, you, you told me you use some of the leadership materials from our church, and it has grown. How many leaders now are coming to some of the events you're hosting? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say uh, thousands. I mean, uh, in the past, I can just give an example of the past maybe three years or so. Uh, some of those trainings, we are connected to a network of over about close to 500 churches. Uh, just a part of Zambia, just about 500 churches. And of those 500 churches, you can, if you can just do a simple math, just for argument's sake, uh, they're about maybe, uh, maybe five or 200 uh, members, you discover we're having an impact of over 1,000 plus church leaders who've been impacted through training and who in return also have a busy impact in their local churches. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yep. Now, uh, one of the many aspects that you've really led in is around clean water. 
and it's something that's grabbed our church's heart as well. Yeah. Tell us a little about that. And I know there's a photo too of, of uh, we've got of one of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we we thought. I mean, you can be busy preaching the gospel, but if the environment where you're preaching the gospel there is poverty, there is lack of clean water, uh, lack of education, talking about issues of health and sanitation. So one of the things that we started to conscientize the churches is that uh, we need to be holistic. And one area was had to do with water. And so we started sinking wells and also to improve those wells with tanks and submersive pumps uh, so that it's not just the church that is benefiting, but also the entire community. And one, one, one well with a tank will service about 250 households. Yeah, I know many of you have given towards wells uh, in the past. And these are, I talked about that give week next week. This is the impact of it. Many of you have given in the past. And uh, this has sustained impact on a community. And it lifts up the value of the church to those people. And the other thing I want to point out was uh, we initially dug bore wells. Yeah. And then your group was the one who said, we have another idea with these tanks. Uh, tell yes. us about that. Just Yeah, um, initially we just used to sink um, um, wells and which had hand pumps, and time and again we realized that uh, these hand pumps uh, could not contain the amount of people who were using them. So we thought let's have something that is a bit more improved, and that's how we came with an idea of having um, the submersive pumps and putting up tanks there so that uh, there's easy water. Once the water is pumped, and we reduce the queues also of people coming to draw water. Yeah. This, again, uh, the power of a partnership where it's an ongoing conversation saying, hey, we did this. How did it work? We can make improvements. That's why I love this model, that we're in a constant conversation with our partners to go, what can we do better? How can we serve you better? What else can serve your community? And, again, you've been a fantastic partner. Thank you. Uh, one other side on the partnership, you mentioned Lawrence. Uh, I had a chance to go and be part of one of the trainings maybe about a decade ago, and Lawrence was leading it. Lawrence passed away, is it two months ago? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Lawrence passed away two months ago. Um... Lawrence was a good friend. Yeah. He was a visionary. He's somebody who, whose heart was given to saving people, uh, selfless. Uh, he went an extra mile to see those who were downtrodden, that their lives are lifted up. Lawrence was a man of justice and advocacy. A number of things that we did together basically had to focus on people. Lawrence didn't just see programs, projects. He saw people. Uh, and for him, programs and projects were simply a means to an end to see people empowered and transformed through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, and you're carrying on his legacy and his ministry. Definitely. His life lives on and uh, through what he has impacted on a number of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. All right. Pastor Khalid Onranda, you're in Jordan, and you're ministering to refugees. Uh, tell us about the ministry you're doing. Tell us what God's called you to and how God's grown your church's ministry in this. Well, of course, many of you have already heard about refugees, uh, the flow of people just moving and coming to Jordan. Uh, we have in Jordan around 44 nations that came in as refugees seeking asylum. Uh, and now we have a new flow of uh, Sudanese coming into Jordan from Sudan. 
So as a church, we wanted to help. We thought, first of all, that they are all settled on the borders and the camps. But uh, for our, uh, um, we were not aware of that in the beginning because these refugees, they came into our cities, but they were afraid and locked themselves in a closed zone. They were not on the streets. Anyway, so some, one day a lady came to us from our church, said that I have a neighbor and she's a Syrian and she's in terrible need. I remember asking her, is, is there Syrian around here? She said, yes, I guess there is. Anyway, so after meeting this lady, we discovered there's a huge number of refugees who are even inside the cities and not only in campus. So we as a church decided to do something and to start something. We started on Mother's Day to welcome these ladies into the church. And it was a, a real breakthrough because many of them have never, ever entered a church. They are, we are completely two different communities, very different. And we as a church, it was a very bold step to take just to welcome them because, you know, life, I don't know if it's life, but people maybe has put us away from each other. Yes, separate us. But we discover that Jesus can bring us together and we have this message of hope that we started to, to talk with them. I remember the first ever meeting, we, we said to them, forgive us if anyone has harmed you in Jordan, you know, because they were, they were totally abused, even from many people. Uh, you know, being people have no voice, no one to defend them. And I remember that meeting, we went there and we just hugged them and told them we're here to love you. So this was our first encounter with them. Yeah. Pastor Khalil. <laughs> This was a heart change for your church, right? Yes. Uh, tell us about how your heart was transformed to care about these refugees. Uh, allow me first of all just to say we appreciate uh, our relationship with this wonderful uh, community and church. And uh, we appreciate your leadership and great vision and wonderful heart you have. I believe we are there and you are here, but we are one body. We serve together. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> our heart full of appreciation uh, how God is moving here and there. This is what, what, what we believe. You know, our church, we have small community comparing with this huge church over here. We have around 400 local, but we felt this our responsibility to stretch out, out our hand and welcome these people. We serve around 1,000 family from all these different backgrounds. And uh, we have three principles, in fact. God taught us to keep this principle and practice this principle. To reach this community, it's not about food of package, it's not about medicine, it's not about education, it's about the first principle, love. God taught us, love my people, love my people. Probably this is the same message I love to spread over here. Because refugees or homeless or those in need everywhere, they need the love of God to be spread these days. And the second God taught me, <clears throat> respect my people, respect them. No need to, to change their life 
like make them like you to respect them because God taught me I redeem them in the same redemption I love them the same love I create them the same image I create you and you have to respect them to reach uh, their heart and third God taught me you have to serve where's the need take the step out of your comfort zone and serve when when we start to hold these principles God like open the heaven and bless the church bless uh, our leadership and we felt he's the provider he's the shepherd he's the father he's the friend God is everything he's the healer and a lot of miracles life-changing start after these three principles so if you're taking notes love respect and serve right that's not bad love respect and serve in this I hope you captured too the church is about 400 people and they serve a thousand families a thousand families then uh, there's a photo of some of what you do as far as serving tell us what this photo is we have three groups of refugees uh, we have two Syrian one Iraqi each group approximately 300 family and they're supposed to come once a month uh, legally and this is the food packages we provide for each family one food package one hygiene package and two chicken and box of eggs and diapers and we felt this is part of our uh, service to provide what they need this is the, the, the tool by the way all these things like a tool God put in our hand to reach their heart and to reflect the image of Jesus among our community and this is from almost five years and a half uh, until now. Non-stop, every month, every month, every month. Now, Randa, there's a photo of kids that I want to get your thoughts on. Who are these? Well, most of them are the children of the, of the refugees that we can reach out. We have thousands of kids that we can reach out to. We do our best with the many programs we do summer club teaching english and during summertime we do we have a program three days a week for kids who do not go to school especially they are four to six years old around 45 kids are there we have uh, also every week we have a program going on on christmas on easter we try to distribute um, uh, gifts especially on Christmas like we can give kids t-shirt and and socks but but I keep telling my team please bring a toy because uh, many of these kids do not get any toy on Christmas time or even throughout the year so I love to give them toys yeah I was born in Beirut Lebanon and I myself was a war child and God I believe has equipped me for a time as such time I do understand what does a child do not live his childhood life um, and and we have experienced wonderful miracles God is doing among these children and even among their parents uh, God has been so faithful every time we stretch our arm and activate our faith we see God is um, revealing himself 
himself in a miracle, in healing, or even in healing their trauma that they went through. Um, in one of the summer um, summer club program, you know, in summer club, uh, we teach English, but we're ready to teach anything available. Like once I had a man who said, I can teach boxing. I said, yeah, come, let us teach kids boxing. <laughs> And, and cooking, and uh, of course, soccer, and um, we, we even give some hygiene. I had a doctor once, he said, I can teach kids some hygiene kids. I said, please do. So we're just being, you know, like a holistic, whatever we can give, we, we try to give. And I remember a mother came to me after that, and she told me, well, my daughter is healed after summer club. I said, what do you mean? She said, because of trauma, she had fear all the time and she had problem at night that she does not go to the toilet. And after summer club, she was just became regular again and she is totally healed. So I praise God for that. All right, Miguel, I want to come to you. And uh, this is the question I'd love to hear all of you. What's God teaching you? How are you seeing God at work today? Okay, I am 43 years old, but for 30 years I live in religion. religion. Uh, but the last years I learning about relationship with God in my neighborhood. Um, I don't know if you have the video, but I want to share one story. This changed my life. Uh, I walk in the middle of the night in San Jose for the homeless. I walk in, uh, he, somebody says, hey, be careful with Pato. He's the nickname. Pato is a guy, he lives uh, under the trash. And when I open the, the bag, he come up. He uh, smells very bad. He's very dirty. He has a colonoscopy open in the middle. Uh, but... My friend Jerry, he is the youth leader in the church. He's running and he bring a hug for this guy. Uh, this guy starts crying. He says, why do you do this? He, Jerry says, God love you. He says, it's the first time in 20 years somebody touched me. Nobody touched me. I said, but okay, but Costa Rica has two seasons, rainy season and dry season. And when it's rainy season, it's rainy season, 24 hours. Uh, I go into my office, he got put in my, in, my, in my heart, you need building a house for this guy. guy. He says, oh, okay, God, how? The house in the street? He says, do it. I call Jerry, he building a house for, for Pato. Uh, I don't know, is the video? Is... You've got a video. Of okay, maybe you see. This is it here. This is you escorting him to his home, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, and this is the first time he's getting a chance to have a little bit of shelter in his life. And, uh... Okay, when we put Pato in, inside the house, he says, hey, pastor, I need to talk with you. He says, what happened, Pato? He says, man, for 22 years I pray every day, God, when you bring a roof for me, I return to you. If today this happened, this night, he crying, he accepted Jesus again, but the good thing is, two weeks later, he died. You know, is he waited for 22 years, somebody bring the love of the God. And this changed my life. I understood 
we are the light in the darkness. We are the church. The church need go out of the walls for show the love of the people. Yeah, you've got a verse. Yeah, yeah the, the verse from Matthew 5, I believe, that's your church's verse. I think we've got yes, it. Yes, yeah. uh, this is my favorite verses you use all the time when we go into the, the streets. It's Matthew 15, 14. If 5, 14 is, this is one. You are, we are the light. Yeah, we're the light of the world. Yeah, 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 it's very good. Pastor Cobway, tell me about you. What, like, what is God teaching you? What's he leading you? Where do you see him at work right now? Um, you know, life, <clears throat> life, um, life is a lesson. And, and, and life is a gift we receive from God. So one of the lessons that I've been learning the past, I would say, two or three months is the brevity of life. And this has been uh, necessitated by the departure of my friend Lawrence, Tempo, whom I've known for about 30, 33 years or so, and served with, me, with him for 22 years in ministry and all sorts of things. So I'm saying the brevity of life is one of the things that I'm learning, and that God has, has graciously given us an opportunity the life that he has given to us to serve him uh, joyfully with passion and perseverance. And I'm thinking of my context back home in Zambia. Uh, the conditions are not as, as comfortable as I mean, some of you have traveled to Africa. Uh, there's poverty. You find pastors. I remember one place teaching about 110 pastors and then asked them a question, how many of you are on a salary? Only two people lifted up their hands and I was saying, God, how are you serving with such joy, passion, and perseverance? The brevity of life, and God has given us a time, and I want to believe an ordained time to serve him faithfully, passionately, and with perseverance, regardless of the conditions, circumstances. And that's what God is teaching me, that uh, I have a time, and this is the time that God has given me to serve him faithfully. Well, in Psalm 24, it talks about ancient gates that were locked for thousands of years. And there was an order for these ancient gates to be opened. Um, for the king of glory need to enter. We can see it in our time. God is opening these ancient gates that were locked for many, many, many years among our Arab nation. We start to see that the king of glory is entering with his might, with his power, with his healing power, and with his great love and compassion. We praise God because we can only see that it has nothing to do with our powers. There's nothing have to do with how good we are. It's the time when I had to say for, for the Lord, forgive me. I wasn't ready to see a paralyzed toddler to pray for. I said, Lord, forgive me. I wasn't ready. I'm your church. But I believe every time we just humble ourselves. And we see how small we are and how the need is so huge. God will use us because now it's his turn 
to declare his power. Now it's his turn. I see myself walking on the water and I will, like Peter, I'm not better than Peter. I will fell, fell down because of doubt, but he's there to catch my hand and we're gonna walk it together. Pastor? Uh, I, will, I will say it like this. Uh, God taught me to be bold because the whole Middle East, probably in America, the same. We passed through hard time, not easy. In Syria, in Iraq, in Egypt, in Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, Libya, Yemeni, all these countries fighting and people running from here to there. But the, God taught me walk or live like a king with boldness. I need bold leader to stand firm in this shaking time. And always I remind myself, Lord, give me this boldness to walk in front of my people and lead my people in the midst of crisis. And the second God taught me, speak like prophet. Don't speak your voice or your thought or, you, or you're emotional. Receive it from me and give it to my people. This is the hope because my word will destroy people, but his word will give life to people. And through this word, God asked me to spend more time with him. And what I understand, I committed myself from 1995 to read the Bible every year four times. But last year, God asked me more then I decide to sit with the Bible every month to finish from Genesis to Revelation. Last year, I finished it 12 times. This year, I'm in the fourth time. Till now, 81 times I finished the Bible. Because of this word, I have to speak the word of God, not my word, to, to give the prophecy in life for my people. This is the hope. And third, God said, you have to serve like priest. Priest mean humbleness and bow and pray and sacrifice yourself and inter intercede in front of me of your nation. And these three God put in my heart to stand in the Middle East. I'm, I'm thank, I, I give Lord all the glory. I said, Lord, thank you. I'm Arab. I'm Christian. I'm a leader. I'm, I, I born there and I'm still there. I want to be there. I want your kingdom to be increased and people come to you more and more every day. Yeah. Well, on behalf of our church, I just want to tell you thank you. That we love partnering with you. We are blessed by you. We learn from you. Our hearts and our faith are expanded by you. And we believe in you. You're each doing fantastic work caring for your community, representing Christ so well. And uh, you know, one of the things in America is, uh, that's quite destructive to the human heart, I believe, is when we watch the news and we see the pain of the globe and then doubt comes into our mind and we go, what can we do? Over time, when you see pain and don't respond to it, it just closes your heart, which is why these partnerships on one level is so important to us to go, we don't have to just watch and say there's nothing to do. We can watch and say, God, what will you have us do? And uh, so I just want to tell you thank you. Thanks personally from me, but thank you on behalf of our church. 
And uh, we want to end this service a little different. Uh, what I'd love to do is I'd love for us to pray for them because they have a huge job in front of them. And just to pray for God's blessing on them. And then I've asked Pastor Khalil if he would pray a blessing on us because we have a huge job too, don't we? So would you all just, can we just stand up and let's end this service together with a time of prayer? Yeah, come on in. Uh, let's pray now, can we? So God, now I just want to lift these four up to you. And God, these four represent so many other partners that we have. But God, for these four specifically, God, would you bless them and care for them? God, protect them. Protect them. God, inspire them with new dreams, new visions. Expand their hearts and their ministries. God, expose their minds to new ideas, to new needs. God, would they each catch a glimpse of your work that just can keep them motivated and moving forward? God, would you raise up more leaders too? Our world is desperate for more leaders, God. Leaders who are devoted to you, leaders who listen to you, leaders who have the courage to follow you, leaders who have the humility to get on their knees to serve. God, use these people powerfully in their communities and beyond. God, we say thank you for them. They are a gift to us. And I prayed this blessing on them in the name of Christ. يا رب أشكرك وأعظمك لأنه ما أنت الصانع في هذا المكان عظيم جدا يا رب أنا بصدق يا رب إنه هذا الزمن يا رب لبدايات عظيمة يا رب من قبلك سموات مفتوحة أمطار الروح القدس يا رب تسكب على شعبك في هذا المكان Yes Lord I believe you create a great and new season for this church Lord I believe your heaven will be open and river of the, the water will flood, will give all the, the needs in this community, Lord. Bless the leadership in this church. Bless the, the whole family in this church, Lord. Increase your anointing, Lord, upon the leaders and the kids and the youth and the mothers and fathers, Lord. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we say thank you to our ministry partners for blessing us? Yeah, thank you so much. What a gift. Hey, uh, wasn't it great getting the chance to learn and listen? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be in Guest Central after the service. If you'd love to meet them, ask questions, or just cheer them on, stop by there, and I know they'd love to meet you. A couple things. Uh, you heard incredible stories of what they're doing. Uh, some of that was uh, provided by you through your tithes and offerings. A little bit of every offering goes towards this, but also next week's offering is a huge part of it. So again, be praying, God, what would you have me do? And then be with us this next weekend. Uh, walk the lobby, catch more vision for what God's doing in the world and see what God wants to do through you. If you're new, you heard it earlier, our welcome center's right out here. We would love it if you just swung by and say, hey, it's my first time. We'd love to meet you and tell you about our church, answer any questions if you got it. If you came in with a burden and you go, I could use some prayer, we've got a prayer room right through there, and we would love to pray with you. But thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful Sunday, and we'll see you back next week for the final week of Celebration of Hope. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Take care.